Hello and welcome to the Foreign Influence Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Nikolai. And we are here, as we are, in sunny Singapore. Sunny, sunny Singapore. Surviving our way through the coronavirus global outbreak now. It is now a global pandemic. One of the last places on Earth, Singapore, where everything seems to be under control. Yes, it actually does. Yeah. So, so this, is, this is no small thing. We just had uh, the uh, Prime Minister of Singapore just gave a second address regarding the coronavirus. And man, it sounds like it is under control. It was interesting because he gave it at the same day where a bunch of other world leaders gave their address. Indeed. And I have to say, his stood out as not only being the most reasonable, uh, but also, you know, like giving the most hope Yes, for a local population. So Trump gave his famous address blaming Europe. Uh, which was interesting. Just the day before yesterday, something like that. Yeah, this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, saying that it was all Europe's fault, which, um, <laughs> all right, sure. Which coincides with China saying it's the US's fault. Uh, they're now officially tweeting, apparently, that the US should come clean. Yes, apparently um, China is pushing hard. National, like, official media yeah, yeah. is pushing hard that this actually all began with the U.S. I'd say allegedly, but it's out there. So you can just go look that up on right. Twitter if it sounds unbelievable. But it's true. It's true. Apparently they're claiming that the, the U.S. is behind all of this, which, considering Trump, <laughs> stable <laughs> genius. Uh, and then, of course, France gave an address, uh, President Macron saying that, uh, you know, that he was going to close schools and take drastic measures to contain the spread, uh, which I think was cute, seeing how he's doing it two weeks too late. Uh, then Merkel, uh, Germany, gave her address saying that she wasn't going to close down schools on a national level, that she would leave that up to the individual states to decide, but that definitely you shouldn't go outside. <laughs> like, <laughs> What's this? Yeah, like you go shouldn't go school. outside or anything, but, but if, don't you, go if outside. you want to, you could go to school and we're all going to die. Um, wow. So that was all very inspiring. And then, of course, the <laughs> Dutch prime minister gave his address two days after his famous, we're going to be okay if, you're, if we wash our hands address. Uh, and don't shake hands, after which he promptly shook someone's hand. Oh! <laughs> uh, come back to say, so I've uh, talked to my experts again, and uh, we're going to close down all schools. Oh, wow. Uh, we're going to shut the country down, and uh, yeah, but don't worry. Uh, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine, fine, fine. So, uh, hey, but don't go outside if you're old. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, wow. Um, so he's been having to answer some questions about why he didn't do this two weeks ago. Yeah. Will he, though? Are they going to hold him to account? Uh, what he's saying is following the advice of his experts, which I think all of these people are doing, right? All of these world leaders are following the advice of their experts. Of their experts. Just too late, though. Well, if you listen to the World Health Organization, it's far too little, far too late. Yeah. It seems like nobody had the balls to move on this before the World Health Organization declared it in... Uh, a pandemic, which I think they should have done earlier for seeing the political impact that it might have. Uh, so I think it's uh, it's just, yeah, it's just, just and, and scientists have been, like people in the know, right, uh, have been saying that the, the World Health Organization should declare it a pandemic because it would have political ramifications. Yeah. They've just been saying, well, technically, we don't use that word anymore. So it's, it's, it's like a giant, it's like, shit all the way down it's 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 i mean all of these individual decisions make perfect sense yeah right it's just that they're very they, they strike me as being locally optimal 
Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. They're local optimists, right? No one's thinking, okay, if I do this, right? So the, the World Health Organization was saying we shouldn't declare a pandemic because if we do, then that implies that it's no longer under control, right? So we should rely on oh. individual countries to put in place measures of social distancing to flatten the curve, you know, as hashtag flatten the curve. Yeah, we'll explain that in just a second. Um, and, you, you, you know, before the situation becomes so dire that it probably won't work anymore, we, we won't declare it. And then now that it has been declared, France, Germany, etc., are saying, oh, we'll, we'll promote social distancing. And yeah. You, yeah, dude, it's, it, you, you should totally still do it. Yes. <laughs> but it's a little late. Yeah, yeah. Because we're going to see more and more spikes. We're going to see hot spots pop up in all of these countries that have delayed taking action for a couple of weeks. Uh, because a couple of weeks matters, right? It seems like an insignificant amount of time. But uh, something that you've been chatting about in various places is exponential growth. Uh, that two becomes four and four becomes eight and eight becomes 16. And people that, don't get it. People, yeah. people, the human brain isn't fit to deal with exponential growth. Yeah. We just don't get it. We're like, yeah. huh, no, it's only 12. Huh, now it's 24. It's still a pretty low number, right? Yeah, right. That's the problem. And then if it you doubles every it. time, because exponential growth is doubling, right. it, it doubles every time in whatever period. So it's the famous chessboard problem, right? If you put one grain of rice on the first square of a chessboard, and then you double it every square, how long before it all goes, right? There's a, there's a bunch of images um, floating around uh, with regards to this pandemic and, and that famous problem where you actually where they've actually put the grains of rice on the chessboard and you just ah. see it piling up. The second <laughs> half of the chessboard is just rice, 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 just piles mountains of rice. Yeah. Right? But, but, but I mean, like, the human mind isn't dealt, isn't equipped to deal with this. It yeah. just isn't equipped to deal with this. Yeah. Well, you know, on the pandemic thing, to calling a global pandemic, I think there was a certain amount of let's avoid panic right? We don't want to panic the global population, but we want to force world leaders to pay attention. And it didn't take. Yeah. Uh, without that global pandemic declaration, people did not start to react. Also, honestly, I think they were kowtowing to China a little bit. Kowtowing uh, to China. And I think it also, it, it, it underestimates the importance of political incentives to act or not act, right? Mm, what do you mean? Well, there's always there. There's different types of errors, right, that you can make. So if you if 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 you if it's a false positive and you act too soon, right, and you close schools and that has enormous economic impact, that you will suffer. You will pay a great political price. Yes. But the moment someone tells you that you should do it, then you're in the clear. Right. Right. It's the reason why big companies hire big consultancy firms. Oh. <laughs> you don't want to get fired right, for making the bad decision. The consultant the decision, told me right? to do it. Yeah, it's yeah. McKinsey. Listen, if McKinsey tells me to do something, how can I possibly be wrong? Right. Even if it doesn't work out. Right. Right. But to your point, there is no incentive. There's no reward. There's no reward. For avoiding right. a catastrophe. Right. The political reward, and I don't care what system it comes under, is for solving it and solving it quickly. Right. right. Now, if the disaster hits and you solve it poorly or you don't solve it at all, then yes, th th that yeah. leadership pays the price. But there's really no incentive built in for really doing your due diligence and, and avoiding something, because no one will know. Interestingly, <laughs> the countries that have dealt with it adequately aren't the countries that are burdened by elections. 
Yes and no. I mean, so how do we describe China's response? I mean, China has had a very thorough authoritarian locking down a city of 11 million people Mm. kind of response. Uh, And they claim that it has now turned a corner and things are going better. But how are we supposed to know? Because they are not, regarding elections, I don't know, but regarding free flow of information, uh, can we trust what's coming out of China to well, know whether they've really turned they have a corner? They strong incentives to open their factories, right? So they might be a little they bit optimistic, optimistic, but they're going to ramp up production. They are. And that's a pretty good measure, right? I suppose. That's, a, that's an indirect measure of, of the real state of things. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got to get their economy back up. Yeah, exactly. And running. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. They, they can't shut down. It becomes trade-offs of risks if you crash the right. economy. But still, with this disease, 80% of people get mild symptoms. Uh, you take a little bit of risk right. to get some people sick right. to keep your economy going. But I'm just not convinced we can trust the numbers out of there. But, you know, the, um, the second biggest hotspot... Uh, right now is Italy, which mm. is unfortunate. It's, it's in Europe. Uh, and, you know, we've got a mutual friend. Uh, we have Omar Osman. Uh, he is Italian. And uh, I gave him a call the other day, and he gave us a, a brief rundown about what he thinks happened in Italy. So uh, we've got about four minutes here uh, where Omar kind of describes the situation in Italy and what he thinks went wrong and why it got so bad there so quickly. So let's, let's, hear, hear, from, let's hear from Omar. The virus started in uh, January, and uh, as soon as that started, they they jumped on. They were one of the first countries actually to stop all flights from China, uh, even though China have a lot of business relationship with uh, with Italy because of all most of the manufacturing stuff, all the um, for for the fashion industry and and manufacturing is done in China. Even though they done that, uh, as you can see in in many other European countries, probably in the United States. The virus managed to come in uh, and then slowly, slowly do a, a community um, spread without uh, undetected practically, because they were too busy looking out about who's coming in and checking that uh, the nobody was actually looking at what's going on inside. Uh, the reason why in Italy uh, probably was worse than in any other place was because of the way Italians deal with each other. I mean, Italians, as you know, uh, hand, handshake, but the most important thing when people that know each other or relatives, uh, or even even if they're not relative, is the famous two cheeks on the cheeks, right? So that that is a very close uh, relationship, things that you do that creates a problem where the vi- virus can move easily from one person to another. And then uh, but the, the only positive thing about, about Italy at the moment is that they have a lot of um, local productions uh, of... Um, uh, all equipment they need for the hospitals, even though they just got now some some help from China, but uh, one of the factories in Italy already is providing 4,000 respirators um, for the hospitals to help out with in case of people with pneumonia. So they are they 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 are working on uh, on solving the issue. I think that uh, with the steps that have just been done been taken, uh, they will be able to come on top of things in the next 14 days. In uh, regard of life, uh, just spoken to my sister. And uh, she was just giving me one of the next, one of the examples of things that uh, she does on a daily basis. She went to do some shopping. Now, in most in most of the supermarkets in Italy, as soon as you arrive, you have to put gloves on. The gloves are provided by the supermarket, and everything you touch inside, from the fruit to the to the cans to anything, you do it using the gloves. 
uh, when everything has been bagged, you pay the person. As you go out, there is a bin. You take off your gloves and you can put them in the bin and you can go home. So it's this kind of w- many of the different ways now that they found to reduce the possibility of spreading uh, this virus. Uh, but, you know, there is a lot of changes that needed to be done. And uh, some people are saying, I have a, a cousin of mine, which is a doctor, that probably one of the reasons of the big number of death is that, number one, there is probably... Um, I mean, more more cases of coronavirus than the one that actually detected. So that's number one. Second is the fact that the population of Italy uh, over 65 is uh, very high. So it's the second oldest po- population after Japan in the world, uh, which makes them very vulnerable. And the third thing is that 20% of the Italians are smokers or ex-smokers or at least ex-smokers. So that also doesn't help for people that are having a, issues uh, with their lungs. So those are all little things that have created a bit of um, a perfect storm, let's say, for um, uh, this disease to get hold and, uh, and make people very, very sick. But I still believe in the, in the Italian health system. It's one of the best health systems in the world. As you know, it's always top 10 um, in, in many of the studies that has been found. And in a way or another, they will come out of this. And uh, it definitely helps that you don't have to pay a penny. Uh, so, I mean, I, for uh, for United States, I mean, I wish and I hope that things will not get bad. Otherwise, it's, uh, uh, otherwise, I'm really worried for the U.S. Anyway, if you need any more information about Italy, let me know. And um, good evening. Well, I want to thank Omar for taking that few minutes to give us the slice of life in, again, the second yeah. biggest outbreak in the world of Italy, his home country. So it's... Uh, Truly unfortunate. I appreciate his well wishes hmm. for the United States. We are, we are just beginning our adventure. It's already in Asia. It got to Europe, and now it will come to the United States. Uh, has arrived, uh, and will almost certainly grow. Um, lots of good messages in there. I think. Yeah, about, very interesting. About yeah. uh, we should probably talk about just what do you got to do here, people? It's the social distancing thing. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's the flattening yeah. the curve. We yeah, talked yeah. about that. So explain the flattening the curve concept, if people haven't heard that So yet. flattening the curve is about reducing the infection rate, right? So it's, it's making sure that not everybody gets sick at the same time. So your healthcare system has a certain capacity to treat patients. And a lot of these uh, COVID-19 patients need long, prolonged uh, intensive care. So they need... Uh, yeah, like ICU. Yeah, like yeah. Inten- yeah, yeah. So there's sort of... You know, they're using ICU beds. Uh, there's not that many available. So if everybody gets sick at the same time, it means that a lot of people won't be able to get the care that they need and that they pro- well, they might die. Right? And that's Wuhan. And that's Wuhan. Wuhan. Exactly. hesitated. They covered it up. Exactly. It blew up. And there was nowhere for anybody to get care. So if you can reduce the number of people that are infected by the carriers, then you slow the spread. You Right, and that's flattening the curve. So you don't get a giant spike really, really early on. You get sort of like you flatten that curve and you still get the same number of people infected, but just more slowly and you're more capable of dealing with all the individual cases. Yeah, this that's the thing. Without a, a vaccine, it's a virus, so there's no yeah. cure. So without a vaccine to prevent it, it's likely that the ultimate scope of the disease right. will be the same. But if you can spread it out the hospital system doesn't get overwhelmed. Right, that makes all the difference, right? Yeah, because yeah, so, you still need doctors and you still need hospitals for other stuff as well. Well, and you can't overwork them to the point where they get sick. That's, again, what we saw in Wuhan. Yeah. Frontline medical professionals dying 
from getting sick, which probably was brought on from exhaustion yeah, as well as exposure. So how do you do it? You do it through these basic individual and social interventions. Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Right? Wear gloves if you're in Italy. <laughs> yeah. Um, cancel big events. Postpone big events. Um, God, if you're sick, stay home. And just social distancing. So, you know, yeah. just, just, just stay at home. Yeah. Work from home if you can. Encourage your employees to work from home. Right? Just yeah. Don't shake hands. Home. No. So you can do fist bumping. And don't there's see the this. Wuhan yeah. dance where people Wuhan are tapping yeah, you feet. You still got to get close, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's the namaste, which they could tell. Could do that or do the so good old Chinese, traditional Chinese yeah, Bruce yeah. Lee. That they do in Taiwan, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, uh, yeah, just, just, just be careful. Don't panic, but just be, be smart about it, right? Yeah. And I think what he said about Italians, like kissing each other. Yeah. So in France, we do the same, right? Uh-huh. So we do two kisses, one on each side. Yeah, definitely don't do that. Like this, yeah. Just how hard do you think a cultural change like that is? So So Macron has now spoken. So interestingly, will people change their behaviors? So I've met up with French friends here in uh, in in Singapore about a week ago, and I was like, "I'll say hi like this," and they're like, "Oh." Oh no! (laughs) What are you talking about? Come on, (laughs) get in here! Oh, is that right? Uh, All right, no, I'm, I'm. I, I'm not feeling so. So well. you definitely uh, kept your distance. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah>. perfect. <laughs> Did you see that story about how some Chinese uh, air traveler wanted to get off the plane? I think right. they were stuck on the plane for some reason. So she coughed on one of the flight attendants. Yeah, they'll do it. <laughs> and they wrestled her to the ground and jammed her face into the seat. Right. Yeah, don't cough. While on keeping people. a one meter distance, right? No, well, it was yeah. a bit intimate. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it might not be the smartest move. Right. Well, but right. what are you going to do? They're coughing on you. Yeah, they're coughing on you. You got to get close. Get but in it would keep people away. away. But cough into your arm. There's another one. Yeah, cough into your arm. Yeah, and just don't see this as a perfect travel opportunity. Yes. So I've been too, talking right? to. So okay. So so we're we're living in fortunate and somewhat special circumstances yep. here in Singapore. Sure. So a lot of the people here used to travel a lot for work. And uh, unfortunately, I have been talking to quite a few people who see this as a great opportunity to, to explore the region because all the, all the prices are down. Oh, dear. All the prices, which honestly were already very affordable to begin with. Right. Uh, and I've been trying to tell people that I find that to be somewhat, you know, morally irresponsible. Yes. Because you have a responsibility, I think, to the other people in <laughs> your, your community, Around your family, you. your society. Yeah. To, to not be a vector of, uh, of this disease. And one of the ways that you reduce the risk of becoming a, a, a vector of this disease is by not traveling. Yes. Um, so, well, yeah. Well, and you, you can even make a selfish argument. Do you want to get sick abroad? Who right. knows what kind of health care right. you're going to get because you have no family or friends there. No one yeah. really cares about you. And then are you going to be allowed to get back in to where you're from? Right, which is unclear. It's tremendously young. We have, in fact, we were supposed to go to the United States a week from today when we're recording this. Yeah. Uh, we've canceled it. Yeah, I was supposed to go to Japan two weeks from now. I've canceled it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just, it's not only the sickness, uh, it's not the selfishness, it's the unpredictability of the response uh, by governments. So, yeah. again, with Trump's presentation that he, or speech that he did a couple of days ago, address, I guess, um, Europe... <laughs> is now on the naughty list and yeah. we are blocking travel from Europe. 
Yeah. Blanket. Done. Bruh. Well, except for all the and places of course, where no I have one knew resorts. what the hell that meant. Guys, I have a couple of resorts. In the oh, UK. there is that because he excluded the UK. Right? Yeah, yeah, excluded. But no one knows what the hell that means. Right. Now they've come out and tried to clarify it. But this stuff can change in a heartbeat, right? And in a heartbeat, you might get jammed up. Yeah, you might get stuck, man. Yeah, you might get isolated from your family. You might get right. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Wait a couple of months. Listen, if you're here in Singapore, right? Just the weather's horrible. Get a nice. I mean, I'm looking out the window right now uh, at the palm trees and sunshine. That's literally true. We're looking at palm trees. What a life! It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there's so many great hotels here. If you if you do insist on having a getaway, right? Yeah. Come on, man. There's like we have tropical beaches, right? Sort of. Uh, Go we, stay at the hotels down in Sentosa, where all of the outbreaks began in Singapore. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm sure the virus is dead. Yeah, I mean, it's only so much you can do, but like have a, have a staycation here. Yeah, right. I just uh, Well, this does bring up, just talking about the travel industry, it does bring up that among the many sad things that will come out of this, of course, which is sickness and deaths of vulnerable populations, is the recession. More importantly, the recession. That is coming and will affect everybody. I mean, the recession's already here for yeah. the travel and hotel and restaurant industries. Um, Even Bitcoin has plummeted. Yeah, what's up with that? I saw that. I thought Bitcoin was supposed to be like the federal treasury's alternative that shall gain value like gold in crisis. What? I don't know. Do you know what the hell happened there? It's, it's down to 4,000 US dollars now. And what had it been? Uh, 20 at the highest. Okay, so uh, that's, that's an absolute percentage crash for an asset. So it was like, it was like hold on, it was like 10,000 on the 26th of January. 4,000 is, is, is the lowest that it's been in a very long time. I think it hasn't been this low in about a year. Well, we're going to have to explore that some more because I thought that Bitcoin, one of its selling points was that it was a refuge when stock markets collapse and financial markets collapse. When, when everything collapses, everything collapses, right? I, I, but I, gold I just, has gone up. The gold bugs are winning the day. Yeah. Hasn't yeah. it? I don't know. Yeah, Check yeah, gold. Yeah. Is, is but gold this is... I, I, Honestly, I think what so one of the dirty little secrets of um, cryptocurrency in general is this: there is is that there's a lot of opportunistic trading, hmm. right? So there, there's people who deeply believe in the transformative power of uh, the blockchain and of the transformative importance of cryptocurrencies, and then there's people who just put giant amounts of money into it because they have cash hmm. and they need convenience. Um, and sometimes uh, less official ways uh, to uh, stock that cash and to trade with it. And are you implying that there are nefarious and or tax avoidance schemes going on in the world, Nikolai? <laughs> I, I would never, Bill. <laughs> that is outrageous. I would, I would never. I would never. That is outrageous because we are hoping that a billionaire sponsor will come onto this podcast at some point. I'm just saying that some of those And people if you start dissing their things, we're in deep trouble. I'd be taking, you know, choosing to get some liquidity <laughs> and putting it into and put it into gold instead. Uh, there's definitely some, you know, just saying, there might be some stuff going on there. Hashtag look into it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and okay. Epstein didn't kill himself. And he did, did not that's kill himself. Yeah. Yeah. So the economy's tanking. For for most real people, you know, not the people who can play those games. It, yeah. It's it's going to yeah. be rough. Yeah, it's going to uh, be rough. It's, uh, and um, at least, again, bringing it back to Singapore, they've put a lot of what they call schemes in place to try to offset some of this. 
In the U.S., Congress is, uh, the Fed had already cut uh, interest rates by half a, point, uh, half a percentage point. Um, Congress already passed a stimulus package, is considering some others. What's Europe doing to try to stimulus, stimulus, something? Yeah. 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 Well, everybody's going to have to do something because this recession will be real. My bright spot on that is that it will be short lived. I mean, it could be extensive. It could go on for a while, but the economy will recover quickly once the disease gets under control. Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think that will restore confidence. Yes. Yeah. So can we get it under control? That's right. The trick. And at what time scale? Yeah. Right. But yeah. for sure, I mean, if, if just look at China, right? So production is ramping back up. Yeah. Factories are reopening. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, you know. They are going to get back on top of things. This yeah. will, this will, this will move through the population, and not everyone will die. Yeah, and we will get our economies up and running. Yeah, again. and hopefully, in a year or hopefully a little bit less, it will probably take that long. We might have a vaccine. Yeah, so we can get ahead of this thing, assuming it doesn't mutate uh, away from any eligible vaccines that we come up with. Uh, so, I think there's reasons to be hopeful but it it's certainly gloomy right now i think it um, is interesting to note on the fact that a lot of these um measures that have been taken to play put in place might be with us for you know somewhat longer time yes right? social distancing is going to be a thing yeah it's not something we're just doing for a month to try to get this under control it's going to really be a thing for an extended period of time. Well, hey, man, for me personally, for the degree to which that I can be, I'm done with handshaking. I actually really love the traditional Chinese. It's the left hand grasping yeah, the right it. fist. Anyway, I don't like people that and much. Uh, yeah, I great. mean, first of all, there's that. And then second of all, shaking hands, like networking events, right? I've yeah. gone to networking events where they have yeah, yeah, a nice yeah. spread. You shake a bunch right, of people's right, right. hands, and then, and then you're looking the at the spread going... No. How the hell do I eat this stuff? And I think for you Americans, though, it's so natural. It's just an opportunity to yell a little bit louder. Right? <laughs> just, right. What do you mean? Stay a couple of meters apart. And just oh, yell that's true. Hey, how are you guys doing over there? I like it. So natural. Come on, we're a subtle people, you got to admit. Very subtle. <laughs> Very subtle. <laughs> we're just, we're just, you can never tell what we're thinking. No, so, so the, I can't even tell what the president means when, when he holds an, holds an address. Yes. Like, I, oh, I was thinking of that. I have got to play a piece of tape. Oh, we'll turn to U.S. politics for a couple of quick things. Trump, and then I want to talk about Bernie just for a couple of minutes before we sign off. But uh, for Trump, so two weeks ago at a rally, he said some things. Uh, I'll play it here. I'll play a portion of it, and it's lightly edited in a way I'll explain here. Now the Democrats are politicizing the coronavirus. You know that, right? Coronavirus. They're politicizing it. We did one of the great jobs. You say, how's President Trump doing? They go, oh, not good, not good. They have no clue. They don't have any clue. They can't even count their votes in Iowa. They can't even count. No, they can't. And this is their new hoax. But, you know, we did something that's been pretty amazing. We're 15 people. All right, so then he hold went on, on. Hold on, is this yeah. from his new Netflix special? <laughs> Does he have one? <laughs> God, I hope not. 
No, this is a, this is a rally, right? So it does. It sounds like a comedy act, Jesus, right? And there's a light edit in there. So what he does is he says that the Democrats and the media are just hyping. This, this is two weeks ago. Are just hyping this whole thing up. They tried to hype up the Russia investigation. They tried to hump, hype up impeachment. This is their new hoax, like those were hoaxes. So let's be as fair as I possibly can be and say, okay, he was calling the Democratic and media reaction a hoax. You never fucking use the word hoax in connection with an epidemic. This just pissed me off. Well, and on top of that, like, fucking apparently, at least on Twitter, a lot of people uh, seem to have actually believed this. Yes. Oh, unbelievable. Right-wing, the right-wing <laughs> go, media machine in the U.S. has completely lined up behind Like, this. you think what? What do you think? Yeah. They, they just absolutely, I, I, I they've been calling Fox it News. a hoax. I saw some shit on Fox yeah. News where they're basically saying that the Democrats don't care about the damage that they're causing by lying about the coronavirus. Right. Like, what? Right. Can you just say shit like that? And, and you know, I'm not going to celebrate that they were wrong, right? I wish this thing would have petered out, right? No one wishes <laughs> epidemic and yeah, pandemic upon the world. absolutely no reason to deny the reality of an upcoming pandemic. Right. It's unbelievable. And then the following day, he was asked, said, hey, do you want to change your language at all around this, around a new hoax? And he repeated again, no, no, no. What I was referring to is this was the Democrats and the media uh, that's the new hoax. I would never call this virus a hoax. That's crazy, essentially, is what he said. Right. God damn it. You're using that word in connection with this epidemic. That is what people will hear. And I think that act is got to be... I know he's, there have been many bad things, <laughs> but that one I, is, for me, just the absolute low point of his presidency. Well, with that one, he actually killed people. Well, a lot of his things arguably could kill people. He bombed things and he locked kids up in cages and he's done all kinds of bad shit. But yeah, but this, that doesn't, this is like a global that doesn't ex- ramification. That doesn't directly kill Americans. Yeah, well, theori- yeah, right? theoretically. Right. This just kills Americans. By saying that, out he, of ki- denial. he, kill, out he of, killed Americans. And you know, I'll, I'll link to a couple of articles uh, in the eventual post that I'll do about this episode. But you know, he basically, he was clearly just concerned with his numbers and his image and yeah. his re-election. And uh, he was trying to just foist this off. And um, finally, again, he had this address that he gave this week where he basically turned it around wow. and... and started treating it seriously but as we talked about earlier in this episode two weeks matters a shit ton i can this situation wait for you to replace this president with a senile old man <laughs> i will put everything back in order <sighs> yeah so i said let's talk <laughs> about to sanders solve all of your problems so i'm a big I'm bernie sure. sanders supporter uh, i believe in the policy program that uh, he has which i think would bring us more in line with europe what omar described about italy's healthcare right. system and what you've talked about with the healthcare systems in the netherlands and france and um he's losing i mean yeah, the, the fact is in the oh, he's a communist bill Yes, he says socialist and democratic socialist, but we all know what that means. It means communist. Communist. Yeah. Again, study some European political economy to understand <laughs> how that how laughable that is. But he's going down because he's not getting the votes. Uh, and I'm not going to go huge into the analysis, but it's disappointing. And it does leave us with Joe Biden, who in many, 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 many uh, settings 
does not look entirely 100%. Are you fucking kidding me? This is a senile old man. He is going to have a brain hemorrhage. <laughs> like halfway have you seen through the video presidency. clip where his eye blew out? In a, he was doing a town hall, and, it, and his eye blows out and gets all bloody? Dude, it's intense. <laughs> it's but that could really, happen to anybody. Really, uh-huh. It's happening to it's me right now. It's really, really intense. Like, like th- this is it? Well, the centrist Democrats have found their guy. They are betting that there's enough outrage at Trump out there and enough disaffected Republicans that they can kind of ignore the left. I think they should reach out to the left. We'll see. Uh, And all of this because of your deranged notions around political purity and electability, which is just so crazy. You're not allowed to believe in things because people don't want to vote for people who believe in things. (laughs) So you shouldn't let those candidates emerge, right? Right. Because poli- oh, uh, all he cares about is political purity. What's wrong with you? What are you talking about? But, you know, we don't have a multi-party system. I think this is a big difference. This is really the thing. This we, is the thing. You can't vote for the Social Democratic Party in the United yeah. States because it gets jammed in with the Democratic Party. Bipartisanship destroys democracy. This is just not... It, it's really not... Yeah. I've heard people say... I've heard political scientists argue that our duopoly... And that's one step away from monopoly, by the way. Duopoly. Duopoly is uh, good because we create a big tent left-left-center coalition under the Democrats and a right-right-center under the Republicans. Yeah, you wouldn't want to have any other opinions. Right. Right. But what you end up with is just no representation for other viewpoints. It's just incredibly bad. It's just obviously incredibly bad. But we can't convert it. I mean, it, it won't change. It, it won't change, but I, I am not a fan of the duopoly. And I can tell you from personal experience witnessing it, the duopoly goes out of its way to protect its privilege and, and position. Yeah, of course. So uh, they modify the election laws to make it hard to launch third parties. Yeah. I saw this in Illinois. Yeah. I did some work with the Greens. And they make the getting on the ballot and getting signatures and all the requirements so onerous that unless you have a pre-existing organization, you can't do it. Great. Right. So Sanders made a run at transforming the Democratic Party. I do think he still could have impact, but his primary candidacy is, is done. This is it. This is it for him, man. Yeah. This is it. Because when he didn't win Michigan, um, you know, my home state by birth, um, you know, it's the old industrial areas that should be very receptive to his message. And he didn't win it. People are getting up behind Biden. Yeah. And uh, so I don't want him pulling something where he hangs on forever. Um, I think he should try to consolidate his gains. But I just wanted to say a few words about how it's disappointing. And you should call it quits. I think he can go to the end of April when a couple more industrial states vote, like Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. Um, but then, yeah. Because I think the people would vote for him. You think they would vote for... The American people would vote for him rather than... Like, if you were to put Biden... Up against him. Against Sanders. Against Sanders. And have a vote of the people. The people would vote for Bernie. Well, but the Democratic primary voters aren't picking him right now. Yeah, that's true. What's interesting, though, is there's a lot of head-to-head polling hmm. about against Trump. So taking each of the Democratic... He consistently is two to three points higher than Biden against Trump. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, man. I mean, we'll see. The centrists have their guy. Uh, uh, and look, right here on the show, I say, I will vote for Biden over Trump, right? Uh, I will do it. 
Um, but man, some people better be losing sleep right now about how they're going to cover up his lack of moments, both in the campaign to come, and if he gets in the White House, he's going to have moments where he's going to fade. Dude, like Biden, at least he comes with an insurance policy. If you can like somehow DM him a scary video, he'll just die on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> one, of those, one of those surprise videos. You know? now, oh, a cute puppy. Oh. Now you're going to get us a visit from the Secret Service. God, I hope so. <laughs> that would be great. Have such an interesting story to tell. Yeah. <laughs> when I got woken up at midnight by people bursting through the door. Yeah, I'm pretty You're sure. right. There will be a vice president. So that's a curious thing. Who will his vice president be? We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I don't anyway, know. so it was it was dis- disappointing on that. But hey, so let's you know what we've. It's time for good news, man. Oh God, I'm going to bring in some good news music. All right, are you ready for this? We are. I'm reading this from the Good News Network on Twitter, which is shut down. Will is that? No, I'm just. No. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Sorry, we're done. It's too hard. So, staying on viruses, a 40-year-old man has confirmed to be the be the world's second person cured of HIV after 30 months virus-free. Okay. Yes. That's amazing. That's good news. Wow. Modern medicine, man. Also, need a rest? Do you need a rest, Bill? I do. Because new research says that squatting or kneeling may have far more health benefits than sitting down. Okay. So you can poop much more easily. <laughs> well, that's instantly where my head went. But. During the kneeling, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Pass gas. So staying on the U.S., politi- so politician helps pay off crushing medical death for a man who sent him racist tweets and now they're friends. Aww. Oh. Now, of course, the only reason he had crushing medical debt is because of our medical system. Right. And if you're rich, I are you really a minority? Downer right at the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, do subscribe to our newsletter that we're starting. You can find a link below. Uh, and subscribe, of course, to this podcast. Yep. Share and uh, yeah, leave us reviews. Do all of the things that are cool. Yeah. Sharing is caring. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Talk soon.